Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 237. Yeah. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. A bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 Who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. Related. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to episode 237. Hope you're all well and keeping well and doing something. Uh, Doctor, I don't know. There isn't much to do, I suppose, Doctor Who at the moment. Unless you're a big fan of audio stuff. Big Finish is still throwing out plenty of Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, they've they they've got loads, haven't they? Can't keep up with their stuff at the minute. Yeah, In fact, I, I had to um, decide, I was on the website the other day, and I had to decide there was too much coming out that I wanted in, in one month because I always buy it by month. Um, and, yeah, I was like, oh, there's a new Lucy Miller box out. Well, yeah, I must get that, but hang on a minute. That big celebration sets out this month as well, and that's like 40-odd quid, and I was like, oh, it's just too much. Too much big finish, but I'm not complaining because, yeah, it's good stuff. But, yeah, the wallet was just in the corner of the room crying. Just tears, little little dollar sign tears coming yeah, out. Little, little yelps <laughs> like... <laughs> Credit card was... Couldn't even touch it. It was so hot from being overused. Smoke <laughs> coming off it. Yeah. Oh, buddy. I know what you mean. It's uh, Big finish, it's always uh, a slight conundrum because... You can't, well, I, and I, I think I speak for both of us, but we can't afford to buy literally everything that they put out all the time. No, no way. So you have to, you have to choose carefully. And there's a few exceptions, like if there's a really cool box set that's coming out, like the, the upcoming one, 
Um, was it the legacy of time? Is that what it's called? That's it. Yeah. 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 That's it. So I pre-ordered that. That's for sure. And then some of the other previous box sets, like the 10th doctor box sets. And, um, when the classic doctors, new monsters box set came out, that was awesome. So when they announced yeah. volume two, I pre-ordered that one. So these, some of the box sets are a given cause they just very, the quality is amazing and you can expect great stuff from that. But all of the monthly range stuff and all that, it's like, uh, you've got to, and also the short stories they throw in and some of the other bits and mm-hmm. the classic stories and the, the lost, you know, you've really got... The a, lost stories, they're coming back, yeah. yeah you've got they're doing target, more of those. Yeah, you've got to target your, your stories carefully. And it's, it's not just the money, is it? It's, it's finding the time. Because I, I seem to have less and less time at the minute um, for stuff like that, you know. I used to, used to be my ironing time. I'd be like, right, there's a big <laughs> pile of ironing. Let's get some big finish on. That'll get me through it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just finding the time to listen to it. I've, I've still got loads actually, um, that I haven't finished like a few box sets. So I think there was a, the fourth doctor comic strip one, um, which was really good. And I, I only got like, I listened to the first story and loved it. I think there's three in that. So I've still got like another two of those. Do you know what I mean? They're just there waiting mm. to be listened to. And it's, um, yeah, so it's, it's money and time and money. Exactly. What you need for big yep. finish. Yeah. Yeah, I read you, mate. Yeah. But hopefully you guys have found something to do. Has it, There haven't been any Doctor Who books out recently either. I haven't seen any. No, there's... Um, I'm quite excited for the Eric Saywood books that are coming out. I think one of them's either this month or next month, and then the other one's September, I think. So these are the two Dalek stories that never got novelised. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's Resurrection and oh. Revelation. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to those because I, I like both those stories and I think Eric's quite good, you know, if his novelizations that he's done before. Um, do you remember those? They got the funny covers. I'm, I wasn't very struck on the covers for those, That's but I'm right. looking forward to seeing if they look better in hand because they... I like the fact they sort of match. They're in different colours, aren't they? They're sort of same design in different colours. So, yeah, I remember when they unveiled those, I was like, is that, they're not the real covers, are they? But um, I think they're the sort of things that might hopefully look better actually on the shelf, if you know what I mean, in hand, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to them whenever they're out. I'm sure one of them's out soon because I know he's doing a sign-in in Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Saywood, this is... Um, which is this month, I'm sure. So oh, I did contemplate going up. I probably won't be able to because of work and stuff. But if I was free, I'd probably would have popped up to to get another smiley picture with Eric. Another smiley <laughs> get <him> one. Sign, <laughs> get him to sign the book. Yeah. But he, I just, I don't know. If Whenever I see Eric Saywood, I always want Matthew Waterhouse to be with him. Because uh, after we saw them together on stage at the BFI, because they, they were just such an hilarious, so opposite they yeah there's like a, a good sort of comedy act weren't they because eric's so deadpan and so dry and then you've got matthew he's, quiet. he's very quiet yeah and then you've got matthew who just has these outbursts like every time he when he goes to answer his question he has this just one second of little thought and then he's just this big burst of of like oh yes and 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 then he's off and then you can just see eric rolling his eyes like here we go I would have yeah. answered this within three seconds with just a yes or a no, but now we've got 15 minutes worth of anecdotes and history and stories and all that sort of nonsense. So they're a good, they're a good team, unbeknownst to themselves, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, they, I remember Matthew tweeting that it was the first time they'd seen each other for a few years when they met up at the BFI for that event that we went to. 
And um, he said, you know, that they really great to see each other and they obviously get on quite well. But yeah, it was just funny seeing them in such a contrast, those two on stage. But because Eric did literally just answer some questions with a yes or no, didn't he? Mm. It's very hard to get anything out of him. But there's something about him I like, though, that dry, slightly cantankerous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I do know what you mean. It is cool. So. And he uh, never smiles in photos. Like, he's nice to meet. If you ever see a picture of him, he always looks a bit grumpy, doesn't he? Look, He just he doesn't have a very smiley face in photos. But he is actually very pleasant when you meet him. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's um, he's He's got a very, um, uh, well, just like his his, his demeanour, really, and his sense of humour, he's very just dry. So when, when you're talking to him, he is very engaging and he does, he yeah. does smile and stuff. But when he poses and when he's, he's just natural... Uh, look if you like he's just very uh yeah you, you don't get much of a, a a beaming smile from from eric maybe it's um <laughs> no yeah maybe he's just uh he's done all the, mind you he wasn't really one for cons was he or events he, he we didn't really um, see him too often mm, did we no 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 like, well i think i think for a while him and jnt fell out so that may be why, because, you know, back in the day when he probably would have been doing cons. I mean, I'm, I don't know this. I'm just guessing. But because Jim and J&T fell out, um, maybe he didn't want to do any cons. I don't know. Yeah. There's a great documentary on the Trial of a Time Lord box set with Eric. Um, and I mean, I assume this will be on the Blu-ray when it comes out. But uh, I think it's on the last disc. I'm not sure. But he talks about his original idea for the ending of Trial of a Time Lord and how him and J&T clashed over it. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh gosh, it's a long time since I watched that, that making off, but I think that was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back. From what I remember, they really clashed over that. And it's, it's honestly, not, it's fascinating, not, not just because of that, but just to hear his original idea. Cause I think he wanted to sort of leave it on a cliffhanger with the doctor and the master sort of falling into the vortex. And we don't know if they're dead or alive. And oh, okay. from what I remember, yeah. and J&T was like, no, we're not having that we're not we're not leaving it like that because then they'll cancel the show altogether and yeah they really clashed over it so um yeah so he's he's good again i like like him on the i like him on the making of so i find him quite interesting because he does say how he is how it or he speaks his mind doesn't he Mm, um which i know can be good and bad because i know he offended colin baker he's not a fan of colin as the doctor and i know he quite openly said that um perhaps he was a little bit too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> open about it um but, but yeah he, he kind of he kind of says what he means but yeah yeah <laughs> talking to box sets mate i've been so i've been doing a bit of doctor who related stuff this week so uh yesterday i went to see spider-man which was really cool um but as i was in town i went and picked up the new season 10 box set blu-ray set which yeah. is as yes. you'd imagine, absolutely gorgeous. It's lovely. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Um, I mean, by the time we got back to, from the cinema and we went for a drink after, I didn't have a lot of time to to watch any of it last night. But I did open it, obviously, and look at the lovely packaging. And it's uh, it's, it's absolutely lovely. And there's loads of extras on it. So I, I only had time to watch two little featurettes before bed because uh, I also had to watch Torchwood ready for today. <laughs> so I was up until quite late last night. So I watched... Um, you know, the behind the sofa with John Levine and Katie Manning and Richard Franklin. That was really nice. Uh, this is the three doctors one. And there's a, um, there's a lovely, lovely documentary on there, uh, with Toby Hader called looking for, I think it's looking for Lenny. Oh, okay. I, I kept getting this wrong yesterday because I thought <laughs> right up until we were in the pub, I thought the documentary <laughs> was called looking for Levine. 
So oh. I I thought it was going to be like a weekend with Waterhouse, where where uh, Toby Haley goes out trying to find John Levine and stuff. So I totally misunderstood this. It's not. It's um. It's actually Toby Haydock trying to find out about a writer and director from Doctor Who who passed away. Uh, well, actually, he was killed, I think, in a boating accident. And little is known about him. And there's like, like one surviving photograph of him and all this. He's a bit of a sort of enigma. So Toby goes out and meets people that worked with him. Uh, like, actually, I won't say who because there's a few nice surprises. Um, so he talks to some directors from Doctor Who. He talks to a couple of people that from Doctor Who. He finds his daughter and he just, um, it's a bit like, who do you think you are from BBC One? You know, he, he kind of, it, all these little trails lead to things and he manages to find some film and it's it's a really lovely uh, little extra. So I watched that last night as well. Oh, nice. Um, that so yeah. Although I only got to watch those two, two lovely extras. Have you, did you get the set? Have you got it? Well, I hope so. <laughs> So oh, when I you hope so. yeah, so when I pre-ordered this set, that was when I was living at my previous house, and I oh, right. yeah, so I updated my address details because I ordered it from Zoom.co.uk. I updated my address details, but for some reason, the actual order itself was shipped to my old address. Oh no! Yeah, so um, I'm hoping. Uh, because we set up a redirect with Royal Mail. So anything that goes there will come here, but it's normally a day or two late. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that Zoom use Royal Mail. <laughs> I think they do. I think they did last time. Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping so. So it should be here today because, the, like I said, it's the things that we've got with the little redirect sticker on it have normally been a day later than the actual thing. So fingers crossed yeah. that the postman's due any time now. <laughs> so, um, no. yeah. But if it not, then um, yeah, not sure. <laughs> okay, well, I hope, I hope it turns yeah. up, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to to sort of really get stuck into it this afternoon on the rest of my day off. So, um, yeah, hopefully yours will turn up soon because there's a wealth of mm. extra material on it. Uh, the only other thing I've done Dot Two related the last couple of days is I, I did start to listen to, you know, last week we spoke about the John Pertwee um I think it was called The Pertwee Files. On There was like a documentary celebrating... John Pertwee uh, on Four Extra, I think it was. Oh, the centenary but, uh, celebration. Yeah, we spoke yeah. about it last yeah. week, didn't we? So it's narrated by his son, Sean. And mm. um, yeah, it's just called the John Pertwee Files. So I okay. started to listen to that uh, yesterday while I was getting ready to go out and stuff. And um, unfortunately, I, I list, only got a chance to really listen to about 20 minutes. Um, so I'm going to listen to the rest of the day. But I'll tell you what I've heard. Uh, absolutely brilliant. It's such a good little... <laughs> it's one of those things. It sound, I don't think this sounds strange but because you can only listen to it you sort of can't really download it you can just listen to it online i kept thinking oh this this is so good i want to down i want to own this does that make <laughs> sense you know when you go and see a film and you're like oh, i can't wait till that yeah. comes out yeah. i was listening to this john pertwee thing and it was all these little interview clips with him and i just kept thinking oh, i wish i could actually download this onto my computer to keep forever because it's what I've heard of it so far, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, you can download it to listen to, obviously. Yeah. You just can't keep it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I recommend it's um, it's on BBC Sounds for the next 30 days, I think. Yeah, that's right. Or, yep. or 25 days now, probably. But I, I recommend if anyone's thinking to listen to it, to go and, go and listen to it. I, it. What I've heard so far was just brilliant. Yeah. And Sean Pertwee is, is absolutely perfect mm -hmm. as the narrator, not just because he's John's son, but his voice and everything just really, really suits like the narration it's it's yeah 
He's a cool guy, isn't he? Sean Pertwee. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he, he, yeah. he is. He really is. I like Sean Pertwee. I'd like to meet him. So, so yeah, I managed to get a little bit of that. And again, just time beating mm-hmm. me as usual because I didn't want to switch it off, but I had to go out. So, um, so I'm going to finish that off later as well. So, yeah, very much the Dr. John Pertwee theme stuff going on with me at the minute <laughs> in my spare time. That's cool, mate. Yeah. yeah. What about you, mate? Well, so I know you'll be looking forward to your box set, but anything else going on? Who related? In uh, your new house? In your new <laughs> pad? Uh, no, not particularly. Um, I was looking forward to uh, to getting the box set yesterday. I'll be honest with yeah. you. I was thinking I'd crack that open and and start digging into a few bits. More so the special features than the episodes for now. But yeah, it wasn't until it got to sort of middle of the afternoon. I thought this is weird. No, po- the postman's normally been by now, mm-hmm. and uh, there's nothing. And that's when it clicked. I was like, oh god. So I went on there and checked, and yeah, they sent it to the old one. But yes, I'm hoping to get that today. So I haven't really done anything Doctor Who over the last week uh, since we recorded. But uh, before we get on to news and merch, I just want to give a couple of updates on the show itself, Uh, because a few people have uh, tweeted or got in contact to say that we've either missed their review or something's not come through. So, Oh, yeah. um, So if we rewind um, and go back maybe, I don't know, six weeks to two months, um, Adam and I had... Uh, slightly different uh, circumstances in our lives where we had different things going on. So we could uh, have a bit more time dedicated each week to a, a set day. So for years, we've always recorded on uh, on a set day and stuff, but that's changed recently. So um, we d- we don't have a set day anymore that we're going to record the podcast because we literally haven't got that. So you just have to keep your eyes on social media. So every, every Monday morning, I'll put a post out uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and that tells you what review episode we're doing that week. And then you can either tweet us or comment on the Facebook post, or if you want to do an audio review, you can email that into us. That's all good. Um, but what I'll start doing, if I can, is put on there the day in which we're going to record. So I did that yesterday. Uh, I said that we're recording today. So if you want to get your reviews into to get them in, and I tweeted out last night as well. So just keep your eyes on the on the social stuff, and I'll do my best to let you know what day. We're going to be recording that week. And second of all, um, you might notice that our audio is a little bit choppy or a little bit cyber mat uh, disgruntled mm. at the minute because uh, in my new house, I haven't got broadband yet. So Adam and I are Skyping over. Um, well, Adam's got broadband, but I'm on 4G for my phone. So if the audio breaks up a little bit now and then or whatever, I do apologize. But our broadband should be here next week, all being well. If, yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been fighting for about three weeks now with BT Openreach, pretty much daily, uh, for, to get them to fix whatever it was that was the problem, which they've now done. So hopefully next week it'll all be back to crisp audio as as usual. So yeah, yes. A couple of updates for the show there, uh, but no, I haven't done anything really Doctor Who related, mate. Mm. Were you getting jealous of because I I was seeing all the people getting theirs slightly early on twitter you know everyone posting their pictures but i see zoom because we were saying on the podcast the other week zoom normally get theirs out to people by the friday before mm. and it didn't happen this time people were panicking when they like they were like i could see you we saying oh, where where's i've ordered from zoom and it's friday and i haven't had a dispatch email <laughs> and they didn't seem to get them out quite as quick this time but they still i saw i would say 80 percent of the people got it on the saturday this time so they yeah, still got that. it yeah. a couple of days early mm-hmm. and then a few people got it on the monday so yeah but i was out on saturday obviously I, I didn't have my set then i only got mine yesterday and i seen all the pictures and people had got it and i was like oh no and 
because I was uh, on Sunday, I was quite hung hung over from a beer festival, and I was thinking. What would be perfect now is if I could just sit on the sofa and just blitz my way through a box set. And uh-huh. I, was, I was just, oh, I would have loved it if it arrived early. But yeah, yeah. but I went and bought mine from a shop. Yeah. From an actual shop yeah, for a I change. It, yeah. From an actual shop. But I'm sure yours arrived soon, buddy. I can't wait to see you. I know you'll blast the picture up on the, on the Insta, won't you? As soon as you get it. I will do, mate. Yeah, because they're yeah, beautiful yeah. sets, as we it's said It's the before. law. Yeah, it's you the law. To, as soon as yeah. you get it, you have to post the picture. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Radio, shall we land and do a bit of news? Yeah. Doctor Who conventions and event stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't love going to an event? So uh, we know that the big, uh, the big events that are taking place uh, across uh, this year. So we've already had. Um, LFCC Spring, we've done that one. There's already been an MCM. We've got LFCC, the main one coming up in, uh, was it two weeks, I think? Uh, Roughly two weeks. Um, But if you want to plan your diary for next year, uh, then there's a pretty cool event which the Doctor Who Appreciation Society do every year, which is called the Capital. And uh, I say every year. Um, They've done it for, I think it's the last four years. So um, the the fifth one, so the Capital mm. Five, has already been announced for next year with the date, and they've already bagged uh, a few good guests as well. Uh, so our yeah. buddy Rick uh, Moran, who who's over at the over at the Dwas, uh, sent me some deets for this. It looks very good. So next year, it's the uh, the twenty fifth and the twenty sixth of April, and they always do it at the Crown Plaza Hotel over at Gatwick. Uh, the guests so far have been announced as Bernard Cribbins. Uh, Jeanette Fielding, Caroline Ford, Bonnie Langford, Peter Purvis, and Annika Wills. Mm. So already a cracking lineup. Yeah. And how many? Uh, yeah. So it's a, a it's a, a a weekend, a whole weekend thing. I'm trying to get my words out then. And um, you can either book your ticket as a DWAS member, or you don't have to be a member. You can still go. It's all good. Um, and from what I hear, you and I haven't been able to attend one of these capital mm. events yet. But from what I hear, they're very good because they do a very good mix of uh, panels, Q&As, autograph sessions, all that stuff. Uh, so it's not like your typical uh, convention where you just queue up, you're in front of somebody for 30 seconds, you know, they fling a, a signed picture at you and on your way sort of thing. Um, from <laughs> yeah. what I hear, um, because, it's a, <laughs> because it's a dedicated Doctor Who convention, uh, from what I hear, it's very much, it's more um, uh, intimate, I suppose, is the word. A bit more, um, there's more time to soak it all in and actually chat to the panels and guests that they've got there. So it does sound like a very cool thing. And it's, it, it, they've announced it nice and early. So uh, stick it in your diary uh, for next year, the 25th and the 26th of April. If you just head over to uh, dwasonline.co.uk forward slash the capital, you'll see all the details there. And also, just very quickly from, uh, the DWAS as well, they've just released their, um, they do this e-magazine uh, called The Cosmic Mask, and they've mm-hmm. just put out Cosmic Mask number eight. So that's a free download. You can grab, uh, it's a PDF from their website. Just go to dwasonline.co.uk uh, and you'll see a, a, a thumbnail or a link on the homepage. Or if you just go to cosmic underscore mask underscore downloads, uh, you'll see it on there as well. But that's very, very cool. It's like a really good, uh, quite a there's like loads of content 
within a single issue and and it's got fan fiction it's got interviews with people it's got reviews and reports and and all sorts so um yeah go and check out the dwas website dwas online so dwasonline.co.uk book your tickets for next year and also take a look at the cosmic mask it's very cool indeed i know uh, some friends that went to that last year and they they really loved it uh, they had such a good time, yeah. Yeah, so, and again, great first announcement guests, aren't they? Very good to cool. see Carol Ann mm. Ford doing some um, UK cons as well. So, yeah, and that picture of Annika is hilarious. I've got a picture <laughs> of her holding this sort of toy Dalek looking, I don't know, looking a bit, well, she looks like she's going to bite its head off. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's cool. Right, moving on to some sad news, I'm afraid. Uh, Glyn Houston. Uh, has died at the age of 93. Now, I'll be honest, um, when I saw the name, it didn't ring any bells. I was like, Glenn Houston. And then I saw his picture and I said, oh, this, I, I immediately recognised him. He's one of those faces, I think. He appeared in um, many, many television shows over the years. And he is, I think, one of those people that if you saw the face, you'd, you'd recognise him. Um, but he was in two Doctor Who stories. Uh, in 1976, he played Professor Watson, in the fourth Doctor story, The Hand of Fear. And uh, he also played Colonel Walsley in uh, the fifth Doctor story, The Awakening. Um, so he was in two Doctor Who stories, and as I said, he was in loads of things. So Inspector Morse, Minder, Eight-Off Hot Mum, Zed Cars, of course. Of course, yeah. Of course. Are You Being Served? Um, some mothers do have them. Some mothers yeah. do have them, yeah. Dixon of Doc Green, classic stuff. So, I mean, he's had a very, very... Um, good um, back catalogue of shows that he starred in over the years and uh, yeah sadly he's passed away um, and um, his friend and biographer Dean Powell said uh, is quoted as saying uh, Glenn enjoyed life his family his hobbies and didn't let work get in the way of that he always had time to speak to people showed a genuine interest in other people's lives although he left the south of Whale Valley seven decades ago he had all the great qualities of a working class Welshman at heart. So, yeah, as I said, if you're not too sure, I mean, go and go and check out his picture. I'm sure you recognize him uh, from from one of the many shows he was in. Um, and he's passed away at the age of 93. Yeah, that is sad. And it, I did exactly the same thing as you. When, mm. when I heard the name or sorry, when I read the name, I thought, Glyn, Glyn Houston. I, I can't place that. But then when I saw his face immediately, if you've if you've watched yeah. any British television over the past I don't know, back to the fifties, even all the way up to, up to recently, then you would definitely know his face. So, um, he's been in so many things. You'll definitely recognize him. It's, uh, yeah, it's sad. Um, but 93, um, yeah. Indeed. Indeedy. Uh, that's it for news. We have got a couple of little merchy bits. Shall we do the merch? We're living. Go on. <laughs> merch corner. Merch corner merch corner it's a bit rubbish but it's pretty it's very pretty well there you are young man what do you think of that now eh a viking helmet i know it's on the telly it's everywhere i don't know to be impressed or disgusted i work in a shop now here to help <laughs> anyways much very catchy that <laughs> uh still books mate still we books they're still rocking and rolling yes from the good. i'm surprised at this you know yeah this just like popped out of nowhere didn't it it was like no 
midnight announcement build up or nothing. Yeah. I, I really liked that. I don't know about you. I woke up and saw this in the morning. I was like, whoa, is this real? And uh, and it is. It's a thing and it's great. It is a thing, yeah. And my surprise yeah. is twofold. First of all, like you, I was surprised that they just popped this out there without any fanfare. Yeah. Uh, second of all, I'm just surprised that these are still going because uh, you just wouldn't think that this was a thing the Beeb would be interested in. You'd think that they'd push all their efforts and time and money. I'm not sure where the money comes from, if it's BBC Worldwide or BBC America or BBC Studios or whatever it is. Um, mm. You'd think they'd just pump it all into the classic Blu-ray box sets that they're doing. But no, the steel books from the current, well, the modern Doctor Who series are alive and well. So the next one that's going to be uh, out for purchase on the 2nd of September will be the David Tennant specials on the limited edition steelbook. So this is the four stories that they put out. That was um, that was a strange thing to do, wasn't it, back in the day? So you know when we came to the end of Series 4? Mm, yeah. And then... To say goodbye to David Tennant, they didn't do a series, obviously. You know, he wasn't in Series 5, but they did the series of specials throughout the whole year. So you had, uh, what was it, a Crimbo special, then there was one at Easter, then there was one a bit later on, and then they finished on another Christmas special. Is that right, how they did it? From from what I remember, yeah. 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 So, yeah, because you had the next... So the specials, essentially, yeah, it's, it's not a full series of Doctor Who. It's, a, it's four... Um, as the name suggests, there are four, I think there are two, were they two? No, the, the, the fourth story is two parts, but you've got the next doctor, which was a Christmas one. Cause I remember it. That I remember was it, definitely Christmas. It yep. was snowing at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then you had planet of the dead, which is the story with lady. What's her face? Christina. Is lady it? Christina. When they're out in the desert, the double decker bus gets. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's got Lee Evans in that one. That's pretty yep. good. Uh, and then you had, the uh, the waters of Mars, one of my favourites. Have we have we reviewed that yet? Before I say anything about I it, I don't think we have actually. Uh, the waters of Mars. No, we haven't. No, cool. we have Zip not. Your lip. So I can't say too much <laughs> about that one. Uh, and then we move on to the two parter, which was David Tennant's very final story, which is the end of time, part one and two, which we have reviewed which and you reviewed. love, don't you? Because it divides people that one, but you love it, don't you? I absolutely love it. It it, it <laughs> cripples me it. for a day. I bloody mm. love it. it. You do. Yeah, it cripples me for about a day. I literally can't talk to anyone or do anything after watching <laughs> it. I'm just a blubbering mess uh, <laughs> afterwards. But it is very cool. Now, more importantly, uh, because we all know the stories that are on these steel books, we've all got. Mm. We, I think this is triple dipping now. Because we all, oh, I know. Yeah, I've yeah. got the original DVD box sets. I've also got the singular blu-rays that they started putting out um and now we've got the steelbooks as well so we don't need to talk about the stories themselves it's all about the artwork for these steelbooks what yeah. do you think to this one it's, it's blimmin lovely isn't it it's tom webster isn't it done this one tom webster yes yeah yeah i think it looks really really nice mate yeah and it, it fits well with well apart from series three which i don't know the artwork just fell off the side there with that one this fits in nicely with the series four one that we got uh quite recently didn't we which mm. again was really nice um and that wasn't by tom webster i can't remember the lady's name who did that one uh but yeah this is a another belter i think uh, i think the cover is lovely 
It is a beautiful cover, yeah. And I really like yeah. the uh, both. We haven't seen the inside yet. Sometimes they do a Ooh, no. That's a good point. You know, and you you've got the inside uh, underneath mm. the plastic bit, but uh, but both front and back is really nice on this one. So the front cover has got David Tennant with his hand, and you can see all the regeneration energy that's mm. you know he's about to. You know, it's that. Oh, I can't do it, Adam. <laughs> it, it, it's the scene Come on, yeah, yourself to, together. Yeah, I don't want to go it, it's yeah. that bit and then on the back cover it's really good because it's a collage it's got the master there front and centre at the top and you've got all the other characters you've got the Ud on there and Donna and Grassalot yeah it, it's very very cool it's a very cool um, design and much uh, in, in a way it's kind of similar to the first two but it's not if you know what I mean because the first two were very Re- they were really stylized. They had a real kind of painter's, like a tech, like a paintbrush stroke kind of feel to it. They looked very mm. much like, uh, I think series, series three was the, the, like the black sheep, wasn't it? Because it went off in a slightly different. Yeah. So I'm not direction. a fan of that cover. Yeah. yeah. So this one mm. kind of falls into the same camp. It's got that very. Oh, I love series three, by the way. Sorry. I must clarify that because I absolutely love series three. Just not a fan of the steel book art. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so this has got that very orangey, ready hue tone mm. that's dominant, but it has got like a bit of green and purple thrown in there, but I think it fits the, the other ones quite well. Cause you can see the spine, the spine, you can see the, yeah, the side. And I think that's all sort of red and orange. Yeah. So that will fit very well. So um, I assume you're going to, I'm going to pick this up, mate. You're going to, you're going to throw yeah, this no, on definitely. the shelf. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. I think it looks great. And, um, and also it's nice to see, cause there was like a bit of a gap, wasn't there? After, after the series three one, there were rumors that it hadn't sold well. So the line had been canceled. Do you remember mm. people like there, they're not doing the steel books now because the series three didn't sell. And there was so much fuss about the artwork being, wrong and all this and um so then we got series four announced we're like yay they're still doing them and then this one has come out announced quite quickly afterwards so it's like ah so after that sort of what felt like quite a long gap of uncertainty it seems like we're back on a roll and and i know uh, series four has sold well apparently so hopefully this one will as well and yeah the artwork's top notch i love it uh, it also includes the little two animated um episodes they did dreamland and uh, the infinite quest Mm. which while they're not amazing um i really like the fact they've put them in as extras i think that's just a nice little bonus for anyone that hasn't got them they're they're very watchable i mean they're not they're not bad they're just not that great either but yeah two nice little animations thrown in as bonuses as well so oh yeah definitely get this definitely indeedy and there's another thing on here that's very cool which is doctor who at the proms oh yes and i was at that one and it was amazing is that? Oh, yeah. No, it can't be the one. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say that I'm, I'm on one. I'm. Uh, you, if you freeze frame, for, I'm in one second. Yeah, me too. Of the prom. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not that one because my one's got Matt Smith on it. Oh, yeah. The Matt <laughs> so Smith one the was prom great. Yeah. yeah. That one was great also. But this one yeah. was like, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm wearing a really bright pink uh, polo top. So when you freeze, ah. yeah, when you freeze frame it, so if you just look... <laughs> I might mm-hmm. I might do a little screenshot and put it out on oh, Instagram just for the crack. But, so I yeah. can find you next time I watch it, yeah. Yeah, but I, it's very cool that they've put those animated because, like you said, they're not amazing, but I've got a little soft spot for them because... Yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah, it was the BBC just trying something with, with Who at that yeah. time. And so, yeah. So Monday the 2nd, 
of September. You can pre-order it now. The specials. Fan- Tissues at the ready. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Uh, Dalek Tats also brought in a new book that's being released by Pencil Tip Publishing. Uh, and it's by uh, a chap called Nick Mellish. like that name. Nick Mellish. And it's called uh, Target Troll. And basically what Nick does is he's he's gone back and he's re- he's read every single Target novelization and uh, basically done reviews on them. So I think this used to be for a magazine, um, which was called, what was it called? Hootopia. That's it. So he used to publish little re- reviews in this um, about the Target novelizations. So he's collected all those together. He's finished his quest now and he's read them all. Um, he's brought it right up to date so he's also uh, Jane Adventure novelizations um, the Douglas Adams adaptions and all this sort of thing so yeah it's all brought together in this nice new book called Target Trolls and it's available from it's basically print on demand so it's available from lulu.com Lulu, Lulu. I like that lulu.com hmm. yeah and it sounds pretty cool uh, just give you a little bit of blurb actually it says uh for many, the words of Doctor Who and Target novelization go together like Jelly and Baby or <laughs> Yartek and Vord. Uh, in a time when recording TV was often impossible, these novelizations offered fans a chance to relive the very best the show had to offer and Time Nash. <laughs> so it says, <laughs> join writer and fan Nick Mellish as he reads and reviews them all and writes the words Terence and dicks more than any man rightly should <laughs> so it says from david whitaker to jody whitaker target troll is a celebration of dot two and it's literally formed from the sublime to the ridiculously sublime ah. yeah and it sounds pretty cool doesn't it yeah. it does yeah uh, do you know what i'm a um, sucker for the uh, I, love, I love the target love the target. yeah i was gonna say i'm a sucker for the uh the old target books and this sounds like a very i mean this must have been a, a real slog because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of target there books lot, yeah. out there yeah so uh yeah nick mellish that is a cool name mm-hmm. uh yeah if you head over to uh we'll put a link in the show notes anyway but if you do a if you just go over to lulu.com so l-u-l-u.com and just do a search for target or target trawl you'll you'll find it on there it's one of those print on demand things so there's no problems with stock or anything like that it's 15 no, that's X VAT. So in the UK, this is it's fourteen pounds forty five, excluding VAT. So it's probably around eighteen pounds ish, seventeen, mm-hmm. eighteen pounds. Uh, but I'm going to pick this up, mate, because I'm yeah, I, I picked up this other Target book um, a couple of years ago. It was just, it's just called the Target book, and it's got it's a massive oh, that, I've book. Got that. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So any any anything to dive into the Target stuff, and uh, and there's also. If you're ever in uh, a, a bookshop that does secondhand books as well, so if you're ever in a, a charity shop or a, a decent bookshop, it's always really good fun hunting down rare Target yes. books. That's awesome. <laughs> I always look for them. Yeah, every time we go in an Oxfam or whatever, I always head straight to the sci-fi or children's section, see if they've got any Dot2 books. Yeah, I love the Target covers. They're, they're amazing. They are, yeah. yeah. So there you go, Target Trawl. Pick that up if you're interested in that stuff and read the review of every Target book up to now that's been published. Right, that's it for news and merch, bud. That's uh, it. We should get on to our review, which is what this week? So, yeah, we're back to Torchwood this week, uh, and the episode is called Out of Time. Hello there. When did you leave? 
About half an hour ago. Which date? Today, December the 18th. Which year? 1953. How can you travel 50 years in half an hour? Your aircraft slipped through a transcendental portal. Then how do we get back? You don't. Just three lost people who've somehow become our responsibility. It's like two separate worlds. There's tortured, then there's real life. Who are you? A man like you, out of his time, alone, scared. I miss them! And I hate this selfie stinking place! <laughs> she's not happy at that bit. No, she's not happy in there, is she? Yeah. Like so, that music, though. Nice music. Yeah, that's not an official trailer. That's another one from that really cool YouTube channel. And I always forget the name or how to say it properly. It's something like Veritasa, Veritasima Productions or something like that. I'll, I'll have to stick mm. a link on Twitter or something. It, this YouTube channel, they do so many trailers for Doctor Who and Sarah Jane and Torchwood, and they're very, very cool. So um, I'll... I'll do a shout out to them later. But uh, yes, Out of Time from Torchwood. It was broadcast uh, back in December, the 17th of December in 2006. It was written by Catherine uh, Tregenna. I hope Mm. I'm saying that right, Tregenna. And it was directed by Alice Troughton. And it stars the Torchwood hub, as we expect, plus a fairly small, yeah, a small um, supporting cast. So we should hopefully get the names right. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and the 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 synopsis for this one is right from the bat, off the bat, sorry, the Torchwood team are at the airport and they're greeting this uh, crew that have landed in this old-fashioned plane and due to a, a hole or a crack in the rift, they fell through or flew through and they're from the 50s. So from 1953 when they took off, There was the pilot, Diane, along with a guy called John and a young lady called Emma. They're on the plane. They land in Torchwood and they get hit with the knowledge or the news immediately that they've slipped through time. They can't get back. So the story then is essentially about them trying to get to grips with their future world that they now find themselves in. And some of the Torchwood characters form a bit of a bond with each of these, (laughs) these characters. So we've had a bit of a rocky start with Torchwood since we've started doing them. And we're still on series one. We've had a few good ones in there, some all right ones, Uh, but out of time then. So this is a very different vibe to what we've seen currently in Torchwood series one. Because previously, all up to now anyway, a lot of Torchwood has been very action orientated, very sweary at times for the sake of it quite adult stuff it does episode does have elements of that but for different reasons so what did you think to out of time then yeah it it felt like a bit of a step up to me this one like you said uh, it's torchwood so far as we've been reviewing it, it you can see that they were finding their feet for a while it's been a bit up and down hasn't it um where but this one did feel i would say this one felt more mature and without trying to be too adult. I think that's the thing. They've, I think up until this point, we've had a lot where they've tried to be more adult. So they've thrown in lots of swearing and sex and gore. With this one, it just felt more mature. It didn't feel like, it felt like they'd sort of toned down that side, but it was still quite an adult episode. Um, one thing that really struck me was the acting in it seems to have suddenly jumped up 
uh, a, a lot better. I don't know what's happened. It was like everybody in this episode seems to be really hitting the mark. Um, I thought the acting was fantastic from everybody in this, uh, from the main cast uh, to the supporting cast. It was like, I don't know, there, were, there have been bits along the way so far where it's been, like we've said, like, oh, John Barrowman didn't seem to be really into this one or, you know, God, they're not really gelling as a team or, they're, you know, that was a bit cringe. But God, everybody was seemed to have really upped their game suddenly in this episode. I don't know if it was recorded, you know, later in the recording blocks and people had settled down or what. I don't know the reason for it, but it, the acting was so much better in this episode. Um, it just felt like they really got the script uh, and it seemed like everybody just wanted to to really perform it well um so i enjoyed it i i thought it was a good concept a very very simple concept of these guys coming you know from a different time and having to adjust to modern day life and they had fun with that and it was also quite serious in places quite moving in places um as well uh, and also a little bit cringy in places uh, but we'll come to that one scene um but overall i thought this was good i thought the story perhaps just about filled the 50 minutes. There were times when I thought, you know, because it is quite a simple story, I thought they maybe were just stretching out a little or I was sort of waiting for something else to happen, you know, for there to be a bit of a twist or whatever. Um, there's no aliens in this, you know what I mean? There's nothing happens in the middle where it's there's no game changer in it really. But, um, but yeah, overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode, uh, a good one. What about you, mate? What do you think? Yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere, this one. I wasn't mm. expecting this to to uh, be as it's like a little emotional story before it we is, get yeah. to the finale of series one because I think we're only what three episodes out now from finishing series one. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's a really good Torchwood story. I feel it. It doesn't. Uh, it, it's a very very good script. Really moving at times. I was mm. tearing up at one point. And, uh, and yeah, I, it feels like everything's gone up a notch since the last episode that we reviewed or the last story yeah. in terms of the actors performances and, and just their interactions with each other. I think that's down to the, the, both the writer and the director. I think they, they both did a really good job with this one. Yeah. There was no, cause there, there, there are a couple of scenes which are quite adult mm-hmm. and that revolves mainly around um Owen and Diane. So essentially the plot for it is like I said, some of the Torchwood hub members, they they form a close bond with some of these characters. So uh, Gwen, she forms a bond with Emma. She sort of takes her in, doesn't she? And mm. she tells a bit of a porky pie to to Reese, but uh, she takes her in and takes her under her wing, so to speak. And then you've got uh, Owen, who falls in love with Diane, she's the pilot of the plane uh, that comes through. And then you've got Captain Jack, who forms a bond with uh, John, because they're mm. they they kind of find a common ground where John kind of gets he starts to see through Jack a little bit. He sees that he's not quite as he seems either, because he's got the accent mm. and he behaves a little bit differently. And Jack reveals to him the truth that he hasn't actually told the Torchwood guys yet. He reveals that, you know, he's not from this time either. So they're both people that are out of their time and stuff like that. And 
the relationships that are formed. It's really, I tell you what, it's one of those stories where if, if you are feeling sad and down anyway, <laughs> uh, it's probably not the best one. To, like if you're having a day where you're just feeling a bit depressed or a bit down or you've just, I don't know, somebody's died recently, it really isn't the story to put on because it just takes you back to that feelings. It just, the, the feeling of sort of overall sadness, I suppose. I mean, there are some, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole episode itself isn't really a big downer really. Uh, but there are just these little pockets where it's just really sad because it, this episode doesn't have anything to do with space and aliens and all that stuff. It's nothing like all of the previous Torchwood stories where there's people being mm. murdered and there's an alien on the loose and all that stuff. It really is a grounded mm. um, uh, human story. I think that's the best way to describe it. And um, Grounded is a really good word to describe it, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. other than the little tiny mentions of Captain Jack explaining that their plane has fallen through the rift in time, uh, you wouldn't know it was a science fiction show other than that, really. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's the performances and the script more than anything that really moved this one up the scale for me in terms of series one of Torchwood. And especially the... The, the chemistry between, I think it's because they don't talk to each other that much. Like some of the other episodes from series one, where the, hmm. the torture guys are all um, doing their thing. The chemistry is a bit frosty sometimes. And you think, Oh, they're not quite gelling as, as you would expect. Yeah. But in this one, even though they don't talk to each other too much, I think that's not a bad thing because they do have this bit of separation. So yes. What did you think to that aspect then? Because Torchwood is very sci-fi most of the time. Mm. So you're not too fussed that this was a... I mean, this could have been a drama. This could have been something that was on, you know, ITV during the day. Yeah, Min- Minus no, a couple true. of scenes. It could have just been a, a you know, a drama <laughs> right, yeah. thing. Uh, yes, yeah, so what do you think um, to that? Then? Not I, very sci-fi. No, yeah, but I kind of liked that. I mean, they in a way, we sort of got... Because Random Shoes, the episode before, was trying something a bit different, I think. Um, but I think this was more successful um i think this sort of actually found its feet a lot better <laughs> actually i've just realized that is not a pun pun unintended um <laughs> this definitely just actually worked better overall um it does go to some quite dark places um the bit where the guys committing suicide in the car incredibly dark um and it's incredibly moving because jack's there with him and uh, i thought that was a really emotional it packed a real punch. I thought, you know, they've got they've got this right. Um, without being too sort of horrific, I wasn't sat thinking, oh, this has gone too far. Or uh, the way they did it was really well done. Um, the scene in the home when he goes to visit his son, I found uh, incredibly moving. Mm. Um, so he goes to visit his son, who's obviously now, uh, old, you know, twice as old as he is sort of thing. And he's got dementia. And um, that was a powerful scene as well. But what I like about this is... Um, is it like you said? There's no aliens. There's no twist. There's no because I kept thinking I, I didn't remember this episode at all. So I really didn't. I, at one point, I even wondered if I'd even seen it before. Uh, but I was thinking, I'm sure I've seen every tortured episode apart from some of Miracle Day. So I have seen it before, and there, there were bits at the end that I remembered. So I definitely had seen it before, but I couldn't remember it at all. So it was good. It was a bit like watching a new episode um, for 90% of this. And I kept thinking, where's this going? But in a good 
good way. Like, is something going to happen in a minute? Because I was sort of almost waiting for them to try and take over the world or something. Do you know what I mean, I thought it's going to be a twist or where, <laughs> you know, what is the actual heart of this story? Um, but what I really liked about it is what the heart of the story was. There was no big twist. It was a, uh, it was a story about people and and also how they affected the torture team and like you said the torture team because they sort of pair up with one of them each um you get to learn a bit more about each tortured character and the characters that have just been introduced so it's like yeah i guess it's a character piece isn't it rather than being anything else and i i just thought it worked really really well uh, for the most part uh, because of that so i didn't sort of i wasn't sort of sat there thinking yeah i kind of want to i kind of want a weevil to escape in a minute and you know something to happen or <laughs> i didn't feel any of that i thought it really yeah you know which you know you can imagine they could have done they could have had it that these guys come in and they, they they try and turn the situation to their advantage or something happens and they're in danger or you know there is none of that um but they could, could have gone down that, that route couldn't they it would have been more in torture if they had done but uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I think it worked really, really well. Um, I was pretty much engaged all the way through it, really. Um, yeah. Oh. The only thing I'm not sure about is the ending. When there's no conclusion to it, that's the only thing that slightly bugged me. Uh, you know, when she flies into the sky and you don't know if she's gone through the rift or if she's just going to pop back down and say to her, no, it didn't work. But we know, I don't think we see her again, but I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe they just didn't know how quite how to end it like they sort of wrote himself into a bit of a corner i think with that one but yeah but it didn't bother me too much in a way i quite like it when we don't get all the answers because you can just make out your own can't you so yeah but no it all works for me it all works for me overall i think the script and everything i think you're right mate i think it's definitely a character piece for sure because there aren't mm. there aren't even any set pieces to speak of. The, I think it it really revolves around the characters getting used to the time period, and the uh, especially Gwen. Uh, she's really worried about Emma, isn't she? She she worries yeah. for her because they go out because they she tries to sort of educate her in the nicest possible way about how things have evolved in terms of finances and people's. Uh, relaxed attitude towards sex and, and other things. And she really tries to put it across in a way that, look, we're not, you know, this is very different to your time. Um, that conversation is really funny, actually, because she, she's like, so how many partners have you had? And Gwen's just like spitting out her tea. And she's like, so you're saying it's all right to sleep with lots of people and Reese is the best and all that. It's quite, it's done in a quite a humorous way, isn't it? Yeah. And she thought that's quite funny because Gwen's just like, um, <laughs> she doesn't know where to look, does she? And no, <laughs> yeah. And Emma's, um, she's got a good sort of moral heart really. Cause she's, she, mm. she takes it on board. She's like, okay, I get it that it's not like in my time where you had to be married first and the woman's job was to, you know, cook and clean and produce the babies and stuff. It's not like that anymore, but she still gets it in a way. Cause yeah. she's like, okay, well I understand that people can, you know, have sex freely and it's all good, but I think I'm going to wait for the right guy. Miss the right. You know, I don't want to be one of these girls that sleeps around and yeah. Gwen's face again is just like, uh, uh. yeah. Cause we've seen obviously Gwen mix up with Owen and, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a comical, it's a good sort of reflective moment for Gwen. Cause she, and it's heartbreaking for Reese. I still feel so bad for Reese as well. I know because he gets he gets a bit of a. There's a good scene, isn't there, where he's like getting quite cross with Gwen because he 
he's kind of I, I forgot as well that he doesn't really know about Torchwood much at this point, does he? Yeah. He's still yeah. being kept in the dark. So he's getting a bit fed up with that now, isn't he? Because all these things are starting to affect his life. And he's noticing that she's, I think of the line I liked, is he said something like, you lie to me so easily these days. And she, it's yeah. a real wake-up call for her, yeah. isn't it? That she's just, she's got this whole other life going on with Torchwood that he's not a part of. And, you know, I think that was quite interesting. They explored that a bit as well but yeah. i like reese as well <laughs> he's, yeah. he's really good at doing like the comedy so obviously there's a bit where he walks out in the nude and and all that and she's ah, she really screams as well i tell you he broke my television when she screamed and then he goes from that sort of comedy stuff in the morning after that to the serious chat with gwen i think he's he's really good I'm, i know i remember that we he becomes a a bigger part of the torchwood story mm-hmm. later on because we haven't seen much of him really up to this point we get little moments like this don't we but we haven't seen that much of reese so far well <laughs> we've seen all of him now in the morning but you know what i mean we, <laughs> as a character we haven't seen yeah, too much yeah. of him so far um and i like reese as well he's a very likable character yeah so i would say out of the th- i think the best way to describe the story is there are three main threads once the the guys from the fifties land, the plane and so on. Cause they set them up mm. with new lives, basically Torchwood give them new passports and identifications and places to live and all that. So you've got, uh, I think out of the three threads, I think the one with Gwen and Emma is, is the, the, the happiest of the three for sure. One of them for obvious reasons definitely isn't. And the other one's a bit mm. surprised, which we'll come on to, but Gwen and Emma, cause at the end of the day, she, Gwen's, kind of she lies to reese and says oh it's a family member and then reese finds yeah. out but you know she still she still sticks to her guns a little bit she's like well i'm not going to turn my back on her because you know i can't tell you at the minute why but you know and you have to look after her but it's at the very end where you've got that moment it's almost like a mother and daughter thing where you've got the daughter who's grown up now and she's moving out of home it's almost like that situation between the two of them she's looked after her she's got her back on her feet sort of thing and then at the very end, it's it's sad, but it's happy as well because she's found a job in London, so she's going to go off there. And Gwen's like, well, you don't have to go. She kind of grows quite fond of her. She's like, you don't have to go. You can yeah. stay here. It's all good. But she lets her go she kind at of, the end. Yeah, She kind of becomes a bit like the parent, doesn't she? She does. It's the yeah. parent model, yeah. It's interesting as well because you sort of wonder what happened to that character. Um, they could have brought her back or she could have come back into it, but I, I don't think she does, and it's probably right that they keep her, you know, that's a mystery. But uh, yeah, she sort of gets off and she's the only one really that manages to get on with her life in the modern time uh, as well, isn't she, out of the three? The other two have different outcomes. Yeah, yeah, Um, she's the one that sort of takes it in her stride more than the other two. Yeah. I would say she, at first, I think, yeah, I think at first she doesn't like it at all, does she? She misses her parents Mm. And she's just not overly fond of just the place in general. But it's not until she goes out with Gwen and Reese, they go to a bar somewhere, don't they? And she ends up chatting with some guy and kissing him. Mm. And and then she gets told off and then she gets the job interview and stuff. So she starts to rebuild her life, really. Um, I think because she's young enough to do that, it looks like. I was going to say, because she's younger, isn't it? Yeah. I, do, I love the fact they explored the whole differences between you know the the change over 50 years i mean i thought that was that was fun as well because the bit in the supermarket is really good fun you know um that there's again it sort of lightens the episode up a bit 
because it's quite serious in places this episode but the supermarket scene's really fun in it where they're looking at the dvds and smoking and um what's the other thing the naughty magazine oh, when he's yeah. like saying god this you know we, this shouldn't be on display there are there are kids could see it and he's like she's a she's a kid's presenter and it's like you know which is you know typical of nowadays isn't it where people just get their clothes off all the time and it's just i don't know it's just interesting to explore the different the changes in in, in our what's the word society in morals over yeah. 50 society mm. over 50 years and they they explore that quite well so they do it in quite a fun way as well i think i thought the supermarket scene was really good yeah uh, like the, like she suggests about going carol singing doesn't she um emma to, to the sort of two chavvy <laughs> girls that they're staying with it well not chavvy but you know what i mean they're they're like yeah let's go out and get drunk and she's like oh i was thinking we could do carol singing and it's like again it shows the differences between what people are sort of like nowadays compared to what you know we were so yeah i like the fact that they explored that they probably could have done it a little bit more really but um yeah i guess they wanted to focus on the sort of story strands uh more um the one I'm not too sure about is Diane and Owen. Um, be, only because I, I thought the chemistry between the two actors was really good, actually. I did think they gelled well. It didn't It didn't feel forced. But on the other hand, it was surprising to see Owen fall in love that quick. Um, and I think, yeah, that was just one of the constraints of having it as a one-parter. I, I don't think there was really enough story for this to be a two-parter so it was right they kept it as one but but also that felt he i mean they they got together very quickly and owen's a bit of a lad um and i don't know he did fall for it very very quickly that that just seemed a little bit too it all happened to be quick um but it was good to see a different side of owen you know and he even says it himself doesn't it he's like you know i don't this is oh this is freaking me out because i don't normally you know this is not doesn't normally happen and I thought that was quite good as well. So I liked their relationship. Yeah. I did think I thought those two actors gelled really well, and they must have got on well because there's a very, very awkward. Well, I found it awkward to watch sex scene between the two. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah. I don't think it was really necessary. In all honesty, I I felt awkward, and I was watching it on my own. If I was watching it with someone else, I would have been cringing like hell. Um, I don't know. I don't think they really needed to quite go that far with it but also it's in is if i'm right in thinking it was right in the middle of the very serious scene where jack and um john are in the car isn't it, it is yeah yep which seems a real contrast and i'm thinking that must have been done on purpose yeah well, I think that, so. that, yeah yeah and i'm just i'm almost wondering i may be reading way too much into this but yeah, I don't know. I think I think they've they've clearly done that on purpose to show you know that he wants to end it and it's all over for him and Owen and Gwen are sort of starting a new. I don't know. It just there was, must be some reason that they t- took that incredibly dark, serious moment when John is trying to gas himself in the car to insert in a very awkward sex scene in the middle of it back to him in the car. It was a a strange juxtaposition, if that's the right word. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and a bit of context. But that is awkward. Yeah. Sorry, God. Yeah, so a bit of context. The character John Ellis, he essentially feels like he's got nothing to live for because mm. he's found his son that we mentioned at the beginning, who's now really old and he's in a care home. Doesn't remember him at all. There's this little tiny moment where his memory comes back and that's it. And 
sort of crushes him really he can't really deal with it and as much as Jack tries to say to him look you're still young enough you can still find work and you can rebuild and everything he's just not having it he's like no there's nothing to live for so is that heartbreaking so that's that first scene's heartbreaking when John is at the old people's home Oh, when he's showing him the photographs, yeah, that is uh, yes. that that broke me a little bit. I was thinking that was emotional. Yeah, because he's, yeah, it was well done, wasn't it? It was, yeah, emotional. It was really well done, yeah, because he's like, look, that's 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 when we got our first television. He's trying to bring back his memories, and he's desperate to for him to sort of know who he is. And I've got to say, um, the guy playing John Ellis, so Mark Lewis Jones, um. I'm, I don't think I've seen him in anything else, although I'm sure he's done other things, but I thought he gave a fantastic performance. Um, I don't mean to sort of jump ahead because I know we normally talk about the characters after, but as we're talking about that scene, I mean, that scene in particular, I thought he was, his acting was brilliant. You know, he really sold sold it to me, that what was going on in that scene. Uh, so he's done quite a bit actually i'm looking at wikipedia he's done quite a lot of stuff over the years i just i just was thinking you know when you see someone giving a good performance and you think god you know this guy deserves to be uh noticed um and i haven't seen him in anything else that i can think of but yeah he was really good in that scene it was quite heartbreaking yeah he had a very small part in there was a brilliant series that went out last month the month before called chernobyl oh yeah i heard a few people talking about that yeah, yeah he was he had a quite a small part in that he was very good though Mm. And apparently he was in Star Wars The Last Jedi. He played Captain Moden Kennedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he was one of the guys aboard the ship that's chasing after the Reb... Uh, the Reb- anyway, yeah, he's been... I didn't recognise him from this, though. I thought... He, but he's a great actor, though. Really good. He, yeah, I was going to say, for somebody sort of like I would consider a new face, I mean, he may not be, but new to me, certainly as an actor, I just thought, God, this guy's really good. Mm. You know, really, really, he really put the heart into the episode, I thought. Um, and the scene with him and Jack is incredibly moving. When Jack sits with him, uh, while he gasses, well, basically commits suicide in the car. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's dark, but it, yeah, it's also quite, what's the word? I don't know, it, it was dark, but it was also, because Jack was there, it kind of made it emotional. You know, it was just like, it took away a bit of the nastiness. It was almost quite peaceful. <laughs> if that makes sense i don't know don't quite know how to explain it but yeah, rather than just thinking yeah. oh god this is horrible look what he's doing it's like jack's there waiting with him till he goes and it was yeah i don't know it, it added a added something to it you know it was quite powerful yeah and i think that's where that right there is i think one of those moments where there's a very clear distinction between torchwood and doctor who because mm. in the world of doctor who normally that stuff would never happen. The doctor would save the day at that point and they wouldn't do that. But in Torchwood, it's a very different vibe at times. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly mature. And I don't mean that in a, let's just put an an 18 or a 15 rating on it. Mm -hmm. I I mean, in terms of how Jack handles that situation, Um, because he can see the, the similarities between the two of them. They actually say it out loud. They reinforce it in the, throughout the show where throughout this episode where they say, I'm like you, a a man out of his time. You can see that on one hand, you've got Jack who's very much trying to figure it all out, so to speak. And then you've got this other guy 
um, John, who has already figured it out and has decided that he doesn't want any part of it. So as, lot, as much as Jack tries to talk him out of it, it actually gets to the point, and that's the emotional bit for me, where Jack's just like, okay, fine, if you're going to do it, then you know I'll be there with you and stuff, and mm. and, and it yeah, and he's it's incredibly moving. It's it's one of those moments where it's just there, there are three things in the story that happen. You've got the the scene with John in the care home with his dad, and then you've got this bit where he's committing suicide and then you got the bit after that where the, the story just like i said earlier on there's a little sort of happy bit where emma goes off and you hope that she's going to have a good life and she gets that good job mm. and everything but gwen's you know pretty heartbroken and owen as you said he's distraught afterwards because mm. as we progress that thread towards the end where owen has fallen fast and hard for for diane which is a really good reversal of roles actually, because like you said, Owen's a bit of a lad and he's normally the one that's playing the field and sleeping around and not being committed at all to anybody. Now you've got this woman who's like him in a way. She's like, well, I don't want to stay here and be tied to, to you. You know, my, (laughs) my life is up in the sky in a plane traveling and visiting the world. And I don't want to be here. She falls in love with him as well. She says that she loves him and stuff, Mm. but and then he's just like you would you would expect him to be I don't know, like just to his character that we've seen so far, you would expect him to be like, Oh, I don't want any of this. I don't want her, you know, the old ball and chain, you know, let's get rid of her. But it's the other way around. She's like, No, I'm off. So yeah. and he doesn't want to so it's all very emotional. It does hit you like a ton of bricks that last ten minutes. Well, really what did you does. think about the the, the sort of non committal ending though? Like the fact it just fades to white. Did you, I mean, they're, they're, I don't think they could have done anything else, could they? They can't really give us any closure on that. I think, it, yeah. It, yeah. Well, I don't know what else they could have done. I felt a little bit cheated, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, but what else could they have done? They can't really give us a conclusion to that story. So I guess it's the best ending to that thread, really. But I, I felt a little cheated at the end to begin with. Yeah. I was like, well, where did she go? What happened? <laughs> well yeah but, i think that's yeah. um i think that's a, a sometimes a good thing yeah because in your mind obviously we can't do anything about john because he takes his own life so we know what happens to him but in a way it's kind of cool because you think well what did emma end up doing in london because she obviously got that that job that she's really excited about hmm. but did she meet somebody did anything happen to her these two characters they never appear because sometimes when we're looking through these, when we review stories and we see these supporting cast members, when we look through Wiki and these other notes when we're researching, sometimes, or quite often actually, you'll think, you'll, you'll read something and you think, what happened to that character? And then you'll be like, oh, hold well on. It says here that they were in a big finish story. So yeah. I have to go and check that out. Or they're, oh, yeah, see what you mean. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Or they appeared in a book somewhere. Mm. But these two characters, Diane and Emma, they don't appear anymore at all in any part of Doctor Who. Or any spin-offs, anything. It's just this one story. So your your mind does kind of make up the gaps, I suppose. You think, well, I wonder what did happen to Emma, and and especially Diane, because yeah. she had a little bit of. Who's who's the woman who flew around the world years ago and her plane crashed and we never Amelia Earhart. She's got that kind of vibe mm. about her. She's got this like classic adventurer woman about her, and you think, well. Did she go back and find the rift? Did she fly back through it? Because Owen does say to her, look, there's no way of knowing where you'll end up if you go back through it. 
if you even find it, there's yeah. no guarantee that you'll end up back home. You could end up literally anywhere. And she's like, no, don't worry. So she's off and you think, did she find the rift? Did she fly back through it? Or did she just keep on traveling around the world? Where did she end up? So it's cool that your mind fills in the gaps a little bit that we're not told visually. And uh, yeah, yeah, I like it as well. In my mind, I think she just ended up traveling. I, I think, yeah, I don't think she went found the rift. Not in my mind anyway. I, I think she just, yeah, went up into the sky, landed somewhere else, carried on her life. Because by that point, she's, you know, she's had to adjust, doesn't she? Like when we first meet her, she doesn't know what's going on. And then by the time she leaves Elwyn, she's kind of like had to accept what's happened to her. And I think she just goes off and starts afresh. That's how I see it. But mm. but I love it. You could, you know, you could put your own ending on that. So I do think it was the right thing to do is to just give no closure on that thread. It's like you... You make up your own mind. I mean, you, you might yeah. think she went for the rift. Yeah, maybe, you know, someone else might think she crashed. You know, there could be, there's multiple choices. So, yeah, I think it's good. They yeah. didn't tell us. Yeah, so there is, um, there is, after, if I have to engage my memory a little bit, but I remember further down the line, there is a tiny little moment in Tortured where Owen does think that somebody has appeared to him through the rift so that makes oh, me right. think that she did go back through it somehow okay what in a later episode yeah okay but we have no idea where she ended up when she went through it but that's mm. not to say that she went through it straight away though she could have flew around the world seven times yeah the petrol run out oh, no <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah i know what you mean we make up our own endings for those those characters, which is not a bad mm. thing. Uh, and then just very quickly, that's really all we get out of this story because Tosh is hardly in it. She has a couple of little scenes yeah. where she's trying to track down John's family for him and stuff. And uh, Owen, he um, gets his car keys robbed by John and and that's pretty much it from him. Uh, Yanto, you mean? Uh, sorry, Yanto. Yanto, yeah. Say? Oh, Owen, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so he um, he has his. He's still got very much a Alfred from Batman vibe in series one of Torchwood. He's just there he has, to he? bring yeah. coffee and tidy up and mopes around. Yeah, and look after the yeah. Batcave and yeah. So he, yeah. so I know in series two we get to see a bit more of him, but mm. still not doing too much at the moment. Um, but that's really all it is to the story. We haven't. It's one of those things where it's not complicated. It's just a very emotional, straightforward story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should get on to score. Did you want to mention anything? Uh, just as I said, I thought the car, I really thought everyone in this, the cast was great. Um, I, I think Burn deserves a little mention, Burn Gorman as Owen, because he, up until this point, has very much played that same sort of part, cheeky chaffy, the one-liners, the cocky. And he definitely brought more to the table. Um, he's really grabbed the script and he's, I thought his performance was just, I mean, he's, he's normally good anyway. I don't, I, I think he's one of the better ones, but he really upped his game in this. Like when he was at the end saying goodbye to her, when she was flying off, he was distraught. I mean, he, he really acted that well. He looked absolutely broken, uh, you know, begging her not to leave and stuff. And I, again, I just think everybody really up to their game in this. And the, uh, John Barrowman as well, really tones it down. He gives a lovely understated performance performance you know there's because captain jack can be very in your face and jokey and blah but he's 
again, really hitting the mark in this episode. A great bond with the John character. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I just think the whole cast. I mean, Gwen, Eve Miles, she's she's normally pretty solid anyway, and she's solid in this. But the whole cast just seemed to really get the script and think, right, yeah, we've got to just tone it down a little. We've got to play this straight. This is you know, it it was just very well acted because um, I think because there's not much action in it, if the cast in this hadn't been good, like the supporting cast, I think it could have fell apart a little bit. It could have been quite boring, but they're so, you, they are very good actors. You know, they really, really bring it to life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think all the cast really good this week. Supporting no, cast and yeah. main cast, yeah. Yeah, completely agree, mate. Um, I think mm-hmm. you hit on the head that they really understood the script. Really yeah. Took hold of it and, and played it out well. Yeah, and I think the, and it could be down to the direction as well. I don't know, Alice Troughton. She maybe just you know give her some credit as well. It's well directed, and maybe she just got good performances out of everyone. The the two of them actually, uh, Catherine uh, Trigana and and Alice Troughton. I think they've done some really cool stuff. So um, Alice Troughton, uh, who directed it, she actually directed uh, some Sarah Jane and some Doctor Who. So she directed ah. uh, uh, Midnight and the Doctor's Daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, and she did um, some Sarah Jane stuff and she did another Torchwood. So, and she's done loads of things like Merlin. She's done lots of stuff for, uh, you know, the the DC stuff that's on the CW channel, The Flash and Legends of oh, Tomorrow yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so she's a really good director, actually. Some of those, um, and some Lost in Space. We spoke about that before we recorded. Oh, we were on about that earlier, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, well, she did a very good job, and she's no relation to Patrick, Michael, or David, uh, just in <laughs> case you're wondering. Um, but Catherine Trigena, that name rings a bell. She's um, she's done other Who, hasn't she? Or she's done Doctor Who, I'm sure I know that name. Yeah, or she, she just done more Torchwood? Uh, yeah, she um, she uh, she uh, was the writer. Yeah, so she wrote the story, The Woman Who Lived. Oh, right. Oh, not one of my favourites, that, but yeah. Yeah. And she's also done a few things for, um, she did. You remember Stan Lee's Lucky Man? Yeah, yeah. She quite liked some of that. Yeah, yeah. So she's um she's done some of that stuff as well. She's done like yeah. some other UK stuff, Casualty and Law and Order that sort of thing. But no, I think they were they were a good team on this one. Those two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Neil's. Okay, scores. Unless you got anything else. No, mate, no, that's good. Um, let's go on to scores. I think it's me. Whose turn is it? Go is it me or you? Yeah, yeah, no, you go first. Yeah, go. Okay. Uh, I am going to give this an 8.5. 8.5? Cool. Yeah. I'm giving it an 8. <laughs> You're giving it an 8? Okay, cool. <laughs> I give it. I give it an eight. I'm knocking off 0.5 for the awkward sex scene. <laughs> Taking that off. It just didn't need that. But um, no, it's a real good story. Um, yeah, I think it's one of the best we've had so far in, in in series one, I think. So I'm giving it an eight. Yeah. I would say so. Definitely one of the best. Yeah. Okay. What did our awesome listeners think? Uh, we had a couple of audio clips in. Let's get to those as usual. Our regular reviewer from Down Under, this is Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, out of time. This is a brilliant idea and I absolutely love this episode, but it's not something you watch if you're sad or anything like that. I really like Emma and Diane. John's story is interesting and I do feel for him, but I don't like his shouting at Emma. Owen shaking out with Diane is interesting. Seeing him fall in love with her is different. It's a shame Tosh is sidelined in this story. Nice to see Reese. 
I give this eight old-fashioned planes out of ten. See ya. Nice one, Sam. Yeah, it's a good point about him shouting at Emma. I'd forgotten about that because, again, I wondered where that thread was going. I was like, oh, is there, is there more to this? But it's not. It's just, I think it's just a sign of the times, isn't it, that he's playing the father figure to a... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I thought that, actually. I thought, what's going on here, then? Why is he... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I did. I was like, is, this, is there some sort of side to John we haven't seen? You know, but no, it wasn't anything to do with that, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sammy. An eight there. Uh, let's get on to Luke Malloy. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. It's Luke Malloy here. And first, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I've just started my own Doctor Who podcast called the Doctor Who Discussion Podcast. And I'm really enjoying making it and what the future's going to bring. And it's all down to you making such a good show and having a laugh and tuning in every week that I wanted to start my own. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, but enough about the shameless plug. Going to Torchwood out of time. Um, it's the third episode in a row now where there's no monster and the second episode where the team don't really re- interact with each other. And that puts it down for me a little bit. Um, it's an interesting character piece, but it's particularly finished with a nice little bow around it. Although I've got to say that Barrowman plays the car scene exceptionally well. Um, Worst date idea ever, taking a girl to a car park. And just out of curiosity, I'd love to know what wage Torchwood pays. Uh, Overall, uh, middle of the road, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. Thanks again. A 5. Nice. Yeah, car park dates, not really... Not the best. He was lucky to get away with that one. He was lucky not to get a <laughs> kick in the shins. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, okay, well, that's really good news, Luke, about your own Doctor Who podcast. If you shoot yeah. us a, a link over or something, we'll check it out. Absolutely. Nice one, buddy. Uh, but thank you for your reviews, you guys. Um, let's head over to uh, Twitter. We had Jack at Hoovenir that says, I watched it recently and loved it. Uh, Owen properly loving Diane shows a different side to his character, which we haven't seen before, and it also gives Gwen and Jack development just from being around the characters. It doesn't feature aliens, but it's still very taut with 9 out of 10. Mm. Uh, Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says, I really like this one, and it finally shed some light on Owen, uh, who actually isn't a nasty piece of work anymore, (laughs) and there is some really strong (laughs) performances from all involved. Series 1 is a mixed bag, but out of time marks a turning point from here on in. Things get great. Oh, good. Uh, Sebling says uh, a great episode that finally showcases owen probably one of the best in the series oh and it's also very entertaining love it Mm 8.8 tf productions says things change a lot within 50 years don't they Uh, one of if not my favorite from series one the idea of bringing a group of people 50 years into the future and seeing how their everyday lives change uh, so much fascinates me Uh, plus the scene in the supermarket is brilliant Uh, gives it a Mm -hmm. nine out of ten Nine. Uh, Sarah Louise, a running Hoovian, says, possibly ah. my favourite ever Torchwood episode. The focus Ooh. being on differences in time rather than species. It's so well written that the now and then comparisons make us smile, but also feel empathy. We also, uh, so we see a vulnerable side to Owen and learn lots more about Gwen, Reese, and Jack. A nine out of ten, another nine. Nine. Uh, Nathan, Silent Nerd, C137, says, uh, a f- lovely heartfelt episode where there's not a villain to defeat, it's just three people from the 50s trying to survive. I absolutely love the parallels between Captain Jack and John. It's so painful to see John visit his own son, and the suicide scene is beautiful. Another nine. Mm. Genesis of Androzani. 
The way this develops Owen as a character is excellent, exposing his emotional side. Diane is such a great character. Jack holding John's hand as he commits suicide after he finds his son who forgets him is heartbreaking. Gwen mm. and Emma's story is weaker, though overall another nine. Nine? Yes. And lastly, Kate, Kate Katz0703 says, I love this episode so much. It's so beautiful and heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Uh, and then a couple over on Facebook, Luke Allen says, really great story, one of my faves, although the sex scene was a tad uncomfortable as I watched this for the first time with my nan. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. That's and, not... I don't want to be doing that. And fast-forwarding through it proved more awkward. Oh, oh dear. No. Uh, he says, well-written, uh, emotional and great storytelling. I admittedly haven't seen it for a while, but it might... But it may be utter trash to me now. I remember it as good as I <laughs> I remember it as good as I hope it is. Well, Luke, it, it is, is as good. yeah. <laughs> That's so awkward. <laughs> and lastly, Lawrence Baxter. Uh, I think this is such a strong story that deals with the uncomfortable and difficult logistical and emotional issues thrown up by being people in the wrong time. At times I think his I think this is really powerful. I've never quite bought into how quickly Owen falls for Diane. So for me, mm. that strand is the least credible, not the best story, but a strong 7.5. Okay. That's a good score nonetheless. Uh, a load of nines in there, dude. People love this gonna, one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a strong one. And actually, this was a real pleasant surprise, really. I, as I said, wasn't really expecting much from the trailer. And yeah, I don't remember this episode at all. I'm surprised I've forgotten it, really. Um, yeah, it's a real nice surprise, this one, how good it was. Yeah. Indeedy. Yes. Hoping for more like this now. Yeah, for sure. Hoping Tortured's found its feet a bit, yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. So thank you very much, guys, for your thoughts on that one. Uh, love your, hearing your thoughts and stuff. Uh, next week, it's modern Doctor Who. What have we got next week, bud? Yeah, next week, 10th Doctor story. So we're reviewing Human Nature and Family of Blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mother yeah. of mine. Sister of mine. <laughs> Sister of mine, Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good then. So uh, new listeners, um, just to let you know, when we go through some of the more modern Doctor Who stories now, because we've done a great deal of them, we've left these two parters scattered around. So uh, most of them will be two parters from here on in, with the exception of a few. Uh, So you have to get your DVDs out or your Blu-rays, whatever you've got, uh, get that watched. Uh, So next week, as Adam said, Human Nature and Family of Blood. Hmm. Uh, I think we'll stick a pin in there, dude. Four, two, three, seven. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for sticking with us and listening to episode 237. It's been great. So talk through some news and merch, some sad news. Uh, we have another passing, but nonetheless, uh, it's all good stuff. And the uh, series for the specials steelbook looks pretty good. So that's another thing to pre-order. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so that's be good. Uh, thank you so much for your thoughts and reviews on uh, Out of Time. Uh, a bit of a a bit of a gem there from series one for Torchwood. Yeah. Nice. Which is all good. Next week, as we've said, it's the Tenth Doctor story, the two-parter, Human Nature and Family of Blood. So get your thoughts in for that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, our recording day has shifted and will shift slightly week on week. So look out on uh, Twitter and Facebook for when we record so you can get your reviews in in time. Uh, 
In the meantime, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on there, plus check out all of our cool articles that our writers put out uh, for general reviews and write-ups on all things Who. There's also buttons there to jump off to the various social networks, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow on there because we chat Doctor Who each and every week. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the show in whatever podcast app you listen to. We're on all of those. Uh, and also leave a review and a rating if you've got a minute, because that really helps with us and discoverability and all that stuff. Remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yeah, go and have a look. Go and have a gander. So many cool videos, videos over there. Yeah. You'll waste at least two or three hours going through all of Adam's reviews and unboxings and all that <laughs> stuff. And Indeed. Adam is also on the social channels as well under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So make sure you give him a like and a follow over there. Indeed. Uh, so have a good week, guys. Have a good one. And we'll be back next week for 237. Until then, remember. No, remember, my name is Gary. <laughs> my name's Adam. <laughs> and now remember. Uh, hey.